Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.ae. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Over the past month, we've spent some time revisioning and refocusing on, on what, it, what it means to be a faith community here at York Street. And, and Pastor Tim has shared with us over the, the past few weeks uh, the new theme for our church this year. One story, one faith, one hope. Reminding us that we're all a part of God's one story for humanity. He has a plan for his people. He always has. And we're a part of that one story through our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ. And today, we're launching a new sermon series where we have an opportunity to put that that faith and hope into action. We have an opportunity to get involved and to sow into God's mission for his people and his church and to be active participants in God's kingdom. Putting those things into practice and keeping our eyes and hearts on those things above. Our new series is called Hands and Feet. We're going to spend some time looking at how we practically put our faith into action, how we literally do the work of Jesus here and now, as individuals and as a community of believers here at York Street. Now, it's quiz time, so I wonder if you've been listening over the past couple of weeks or years. I wonder if anyone knows our vision statement here at York Street. We've got to fill in the blanks, help you out with some of the words. Our vision statement is, we strive to be a large, yes, doing better than the early service, that values family, yes, and reaches, oh, smashing it, communities beyond our own. What about our mission statement? Our close, our purpose is to lead people to, yes, had to be Jesus, God, or Bible, surely, right? And disciple them so that they are equipped to do the same. Smashed it. Far better than the 8.40, uh, the 9am, sir. Well done. So how do you think we do? How do you think you do as an individual? How do you think we do as a community here at York Street? And how do you think we do as the worldwide church of Jesus Christ? See, we know it. We know what God's mission is. But sometimes there's a delay a delay in transmission from from our head knowledge to our heart knowledge. And then, even more than that, sometimes there's a delay from our heart to our hands and feet. See, many, many Christian churches probably have similar value statements to those we have here at York Street. But we we know that the, the church is so much bigger, the church is so much bigger than us here at York Street 
and us as individuals sitting in the pews here today or joining online. But the good news is we don't do this mission alone. The good news is we do it with each other. That's the whole point of the church. And we do it through the guidance of God's Holy Spirit. Let's pray today. Father God, thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Today, as we dive into your word, may we understand our part to play in your story. Father, that we may may play our part in the mission that you have for your church, the worldwide church of Jesus Christ. May we not restrict our worldview to our, our personal circumstances and our personal comfort zones, yet we ask for you to show us your incredible purposes for your people here on earth. May your Holy Spirit reveal to us the parts you'd have us play in your mission today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want a title for today's message, I've titled it God's Co-Mission. And I know that's not quite grammatically correct, but we're going to have a look at, at the Great Commission. But we know that when a word has co at the beginning of it, it, it means together. It means it's a joint effort. And it involves more than one contributor. See, it's God's mission. It's his story. It's the one story. To be able to restore people from their worldly brokenness back to himself through a relationship with Jesus. But he calls us to be co-contributors, to undertake the mission with him and for him. It's his mission, and we're called to bring it about here on earth. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. We're the workers. But who knows when there's a big job to do? Sometimes it's hard to get helpers, yeah? And so we as Christians know that that there was a time where where the Son of God, Jesus Christ, walked this earth, seeing people for who they truly were, caring for people, those that were sick and afflicted, people who had addictions, people who had shady backgrounds, people who had done the wrong thing. Others were a product of an unjust society. Refugees, those suffering in poverty, those who were outcasts because of their race, because of their culture, because of their circumstance. The scripture about the, the harvest and the workers is on the back of Jesus performing all sorts of signs and wonders healing and caring and showing his compassion to those people he encountered. And what did he do? Well, he saw their value. He saw their worth. Society couldn't see it, but Jesus could. He went to them, spent time with them. He cared for them. He healed them and taught them a better way of life. And how did he go about it? It wasn't judgment wasn't condemnation, 
It was purely love and acceptance. If we took just a moment to think about the needs in the world right now, instantly our heads would be filled with all sorts of things, particularly over the past couple of weeks, past couple of years, but always, always there have been displaced people, people in the midst of conflict, those suffering poverty, addiction and judgment, people who have made poor choices or have done the wrong thing. And as Christians, we accept that we we live in a broken world, that this is a far from perfect scenario, and it's not the way God had planned. We soon realise that in a lot of ways, not a lot has changed in 2,000 and more years, which suggests the mission isn't done yet, yeah? In the final verses of Matthew, after his death and resurrection, Jesus returns and appears to his disciples in what we know as the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. And this message is echoed in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where it says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus gives this charge to his disciples, and then we see he ascends to heaven, leaves us with the mission. See, Jesus isn't physically here. He's not on earth anymore. He'll be back, but right now... At this time, he's in heaven with the Father. Yet God sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in each one of us as disciples of Jesus, to equip us and to guide us and to support us. But it's up to us to do the work. We have to be the hands and feet in this broken world. Sometimes those needs seem pretty overwhelming. They seem monumental. How could I make a difference? Does this really fix the problem? Those things of this world seem too big to conquer. And see, then there's this tension between the practical needs of this world and the spiritual needs. So we might fall into the trap of of thinking if we we just fix all the practical needs in the world, if we we clothe the homeless, if we we feed the, the poor then it'll be all sorted. But no, there's a deep spiritual need. And the other side of the coin is that maybe we just smash people with the gospel and everything else will just fall into place. But see, it's not one or the other. It's both. And in fact, we can, we can, one leads to another. We can, we can meet people where they're at physically and practically and still show them Jesus as we interact with them. And we see that the ministry of Jesus did precisely that. He met their practical need and, gave, and met their spiritual need at the same time. I've got a couple of examples I want you to consider. And now this is probably one of the biggest theological questions you're going to get hit with, certainly today. How do you eat an elephant? <laughs> How 
How do you eat an elephant? It's massive. Maybe you've heard this before. The answer is one bite at a time. See, it's, it's huge. It, it's far beyond what you think you can do. But if you really had to eat an elephant and you had to start, I guess you need to take the first bite. But then, celebrate the activity, not the outcome. Celebrate those small steps. Because every step in the right direction is a win. In Philippians 3, verse 12, it says, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. One bite at a time. One small piece. One step at a time. Well, you may have heard this story as well. The story of the starfish. There's this young boy walking along the beach and he can see all these starfish all the way up the beach. He's picking them up and throwing them back into the ocean. But it seems like a massive task. There's starfish everywhere. And this old guy comes along and says, mate, what are you doing? It seems a bit pointless. Don't think it's going to matter. Just doing a few. And the little boy picks up the next starfish and says, it matters to this one, and throws it into the ocean. One starfish at a time. One by one. That's all we're being called to do. If we step back to the Great Commission, what is it that we're being called to do? We're being called to go. Make disciples. With the authority that is given to us from Jesus. Verse 18 says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. And see, it's not a request. It's a mandate. Jesus is giving the disciples then, and us now as his disciples over 2,000 years later, a mandate. It's not, if I can be bothered. It's not, oh, they're doing it, so I won't worry. It's a, I will because Jesus asks me to. We have an incredibly rich heritage at this church of goers. Many people over the history of our our faith community here at Yorkie have have pressed into the mission of God. I think of a school in Vanuatu. I think of those people who can hear now in Malawi. I think of those people being ministered to right now in Cambodia, and many, many more stories of overseas mission. Disciples going into the nations to meet practical needs and to meet spiritual needs. But I also think of the farmer on the outskirts of this town who grew vegetables specifically for the purpose to serve the local soup kitchen. I think of the person who thought at Christmas time that they might rather give than receive. The where and the how isn't the issue because there's a massive demand everywhere we look. 
people in need of practical support and spiritual support. God will reveal the where and the how. That's his part of the co-mission. So what's important is the why and the when. We've already covered the why. The why, because Jesus asks us to. But the when. It's time to go, people. It's time to go now. In verse 19, it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. What are we waiting for? It's time to go. Many of you will know one of our our interns from last year, Josiah. He was told to go. And then a pandemic hit. He was told to go and he pressed on. What seemed like a massive elephant in his way, two years of travel restrictions, two two years of not knowing what it was going to look like. He thought it was time to go to Perth. But then God actually said, go to Cambodia instead. And he pressed on and God made the way. Even though it looked like it was too much, he opened the borders and Josiah stepped on that plane and is in Cambodia right now. I want to tell you another story. You may or may not know, I grew up about 500 metres in that direction, in the street behind this church. All I've ever wanted to do is leave Ballarat. As soon as I was old enough, I was out of here. And all these years later, I got told to go to the end of the street. And here I am ministering at this church. (laughs) See, sometimes we're sent to the depths of Cambodia, which is awesome. And sometimes we're called to the end of the street, which is also awesome. Either way, we need to be willing to go. God's place something on your heart, I'm sure. It probably feels monumental. Step out and go. Take a bite of the elephant. Or pick up one starfish. As we looked at earlier, we're a church that values family and aims to reach communities beyond our own. As you know, we have a rich history of missions here at York Street, which we've we've had a look at today and we're we're going to continue to have a look at throughout the month of of March. Over the past couple of years, no doubt it's it's been challenging for everyone and and no no more than our, our missionaries that are out on the ground. By the grace of God, all of our missionaries are still in the field, still fighting the fight, still, still fighting for the mission of Jesus Christ everywhere they go. Travel restrictions have meant that it's been challenging for us to send new, new people, new, new groups of people to the mission field. So now that we can see a bit clearer and the fog has lifted somewhat over this season, it's my joy to announce that we have a new partnership a new partnership as a church family with Compassion Australia. Compassion runs a child sponsorship program that York Street already organically sponsor around 75 children already before we even started this partnership. So Pastor Tim and, and, and myself and the elders felt that this was a, a natural fit. It's something we're already doing. Being in partnership with Compassion means that we can can get greater exposure and greater impact to those children in need of practical support and spiritual support. 
Compassion also has the ability to run and facilitate small-term exposure trips to the mission field, focusing on families, allowing everyone at any stage in their life, any stage in their faith, to be able to get involved in God's mission for his church. So we're so looking forward to what this partnership could, could open up over the next season. And so next week we have Matthew from Compassion Australia joining us here at York Street at all three services next week and launching what we're calling Compassion Sunday. So Matthew will be with us all three services next week. We're going to have a barbecue for lunch. We're going to have all sorts of things happening in the foyer, trying to get around this incredible organisation that, that puts legs, hands and feet on the mission of God. You won't want to miss out. Yeah? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have an incredible plan and mission for this world. Thank you that you call us into your mission and guide us every step of the way. We pray right now for those needs in our world, that those practical needs that we see everywhere we look. They seem so massive. Those things like poverty and pain and war, mental health issues and addictions. Father, we, we lift these things to you right now. We pray that you would use us, your disciples, to go. Go and make those first steps. Go and meet people where they're at. Today we offer you ourselves as your hands and feet. That we might be a community of people who see people for who they really are. Your beloved sons and daughters. May we go and meet them and help them. May we heal them and show them your incredible love. Father God, may we be an example of Jesus to those ones as we go. Father God, we also pray your blessing on this new partnership with Compassion. We pray over the service for next week that when Matthew shares, hearts will be convicted. Would you stir a passion in our hearts that we would engage and use this opportunity to meet your mission here on earth, Father. We pray that this new partnership opens doors for us to continue your work and your mission. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.